0: This is episode 326 of The Real Man Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Black Widow and Amazon Prime's newest film, The Tomorrow War. What will he think about them? All that more. This episode starts right now. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 326 of the Real Me and Colin movie podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee. And before we begin the episode, if you could please spread it around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Whether it be family or friends, people that love movies, people that hate movies, maybe we can persuade them. Maybe you guys will get into an argument because that person hates movies so much and they're probably confused as to why you're recommending a podcast about movies. Either way, it's... All all the support that you guys show every single week, uh, playing the episode, downloading the episodes. It is just awesome. You guys are the best. I love you all. So as I stated up at the top, I will be going over Black Widow, Marvel's latest venture into the movie world. You know, they've uh, got three shows on Disney+. One of them is still running. Uh, it's, uh, It's series run. And so we haven't had a movie in a couple years Uh, which seems like five years at this point. And uh, I think that's how math works. Uh, If you look at it, Endgame and Far From Home came out in 2019. It's the year 2021 now. It seems like two years, but it's more like five. So I think that's more accurate. So it's been five years. Um, So yeah, uh, Black Widow finally coming out. She's been in the MCU for over 10 years now. At this point, because she first made her appearance in 2010's Iron Man 2. And so we've seen many interpretations of this character. Throughout the years under uh, different directors and just different, um, you know, character arcs. Like she's definitely been fleshed out for sure. But like it's nice to see that she's finally to kind of, you know, with the events in Infinity War to get her own movie and um, kind of have that send off that that character, you know, needs. And I think will be um, a nice little installment in the MCU, you know, going forward. People can look back on it and be like, oh, yeah. Like had her own movie, it was a nice little cap to her uh, career. Um, And then, yes, I will be going over The Tomorrow War, uh, Amazon Prime's newest film. Speaking of Avengers, Chris Pratt leads this one. He is a man that's recruited into the future for a war that hasn't even started yet with an alien race that comes down and wreaks havoc on Earth. Um, It's definitely an interesting premise, and that's what got me excited to watch it, so uh, I will be reviewing that as well. So, you're probably thinking to yourself, and Joel's going to be thinking this too if he listens to this episode, why don't you just push Black Widow until next week? That's when it comes out. Why are you reviewing it early, and why are you lumping it in with something that's coming out this week? Um, uh, short answer, uh, I just... I'm going to take a break next week. Uh, I will also take a break next week. I, I will still have like the Loki reviews um, up uh, as, as usual, and so... That's not going to be a problem, um, and I might have, like, a, a movie or two sprinkled throughout, but nothing big, like an episode, um, I'm just going to take a break, uh, I will be going out of town in a couple weeks anyways, uh, and I haven't gotten any more screeners or anything on the schedule, uh, over the next two weeks, so I just told myself, like, hey, let me just lump it in now, um, that way, uh, if I get bogged down next week, I don't have to like rush the episode. And we can just take our time now and just discuss it. So with that being said, I think the best way to tackle this is to review The Tomorrow War first, take a break, come back to Black Widow. That way, once I take the break or the transition uh, in between reviews, you guys can pause the episode or come back to it next week and then just pick it up then. And that will be the best way to do it. Because I'll talk about non-spoiler stuff for Black Widow. And then at the very end of the review, I'll just touch upon the brief spoilers. There's really not that much, guys. Uh, the brief spoilers that are in uh, the film that I want to talk about, uh, including the in credit scene. So, that's the way I'm going to structure this episode. So, if you just want to listen to The Tomorrow War and come back to Black Widow next week, uh, that's probably the best way to do it, like I said. So, um, thank you for your patience. Uh, I know... Um, Just doing a separate episode next week would be better, but honestly, there's not that much to discuss with Black Widow, so I think it's okay just lumping it into this episode. So, um, yeah, before we get into the the actual the meat of the episode and talk about the reviews, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty well? Uh, It's the end of June, uh, so July is just around the corner, and over here in the states, uh, Independence Day is rolling around, uh, lurking waiting for you to come grill, swim, just, you know, do whatever, <laughs> take a break from work, have a three-day weekend. Um, I actually don't get <laughs> July 4th off this year. Uh, yes, I know it's on a Sunday, and the 5th is the day that it's observed for it, but I just, I don't get it off. Um, if a holiday falls on a weekend, that's just the way my company functions. So when I tell people, like, oh, I still have to work on the 5th, i um, they were deeply confused and that's, that's okay. Uh, cause I'm taking, uh, the second off, I'm just using PTO and, um, uh, taking a weekend, uh, with the wife and some friends. We're going to go out to, uh, float the river, which should be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, so it, it all works out in the end folks, but, uh, it's just really funny when I bring that up. Um, they're like, you don't get the fifth off. No, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, July 4th is around the corner and then Black Widow's coming out. Uh, I'm hoping it's a big, big hit and just keeps the Marvel train going because between that and, like, Loki and and all that that's just kind of swirling right now with, like, Falcon Winter Soldier and WandaVision, like, Marvel's killing it this year. So, especially with their television series. If you guys have not listened to my coverage of the Loki show, um, please give it a listen if that is uh, up your alley. I'm trying to get into TV more and just kind of broadening my... Uh, horizons a bit, and so if that is something that interests you, check it out. It's also on the podcast feed. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, holiday weekend coming up. Um, really nothing going on with me. Uh, pretty pretty chill. Um, you know, uh, I, I feel like I'm getting into a rhythm, uh, which I was telling my wife uh, earlier this week. I, I think I'm getting into a, a mental place and a, a kind of work Rhythm to where like I, I'm I'm happy to do this again where it's like it doesn't feel like a chore it feels it feels fun it feels liberating to just get on a mic and just just riff on uh, stuff that you've seen and uh, yeah I, I'm just really enjoying it so uh, it has taken a while but I, I've I've found that kind of sweet spot to get back into the rhythm of doing these things even if I take like little breaks here and there as long as you guys are are patient with me and just whenever whenever an episode comes out it comes out. Uh, and just, uh, hope you guys enjoy it. So, you know, the schedule might be a little all over the place, but, you know, I'm still trying to find like, you know, um, kind of like the, the movie slate for the rest of the year to see like what I'm going to do. So I still haven't figured that out, but you know, work in progress and I'm just kind of doing what I can. So, uh, yeah, I, I, really appreciate, you know, all the, uh, um, you know, PR reps out there that, you know, have been sending me these screeners and stuff. Because uh, it, it definitely motivates me to, like, you know, want to watch these things early, give you guys, you know, these reviews, and really just kind of be a part of the conversation. And, uh, you know, have you guys be a part of the conversation. It's just, it's just, I don't know, I'm just enjoying it so far. So, the anxiety is not too bad this week. So, it's definitely a, um, it's a, uh, you know, something you got to work on day to day, but it is what it is. And, you know. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's just, uh, it never was a problem. And then um, I think once we started moving and stuff, it, w- it was just a little bit uh, too much to handle. And so, you know, I think uh, being in a new place and just uh, realizing this is going to be my home and my area for the next couple decades, it's uh, pretty exciting. So let's jump into um, like what I've been watching throughout the week uh, in terms of, television shows or anything that uh, of importance that I wanted to bring to you guys' as attention. Um, Let's see. Still continuing The Nanny, uh, the wife and I. Uh, We're almost done. We're on season six. And uh, I actually really like Fran Drescher quite a bit. Her comedic timing is impeccable. Uh, I know she did a couple shows kind of a few years back on TV land. I haven't watched them yet, but... Yeah, The Nanny is such a funny show, and it's such a great way to relax before you go to bed at night. Like, hey, watch a couple episodes of that, fall asleep, and you shouldn't have any terrible, weird nightmares. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're, we're still watching The Nanny. Um, I still watch my reality shows. It's cooking season, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I've been watching my Hell's Kitchen and MasterChef. So if that is something that you've never known about me, congratulations, you do now. Uh, I, I do like cooking competition shows. I like anything with Ramsey in it. I just, It's fun. I, I, I like food quite a bit. I like cooking. And just watching it in a reality show format is just awesome. So uh, that's one of my shows I like watching uh, in terms of reality TV. And then uh, also the second season of Dave has come back on FX. So I've been watching that um, each week. That is such a great show. I, I think I, I like it so much because not only is it super funny... And it's like really fast-paced comedy and improv, but the character Dave, I can kind of relate to a little bit. Like he's kind of got that anxiety, kind of panickiness about him. Um, but he—he's still a hero that you like to root for. Like he just—he seems like a likable person, even though he's got a bunch of flaws. Uh, so yeah, he's human, basically um but yeah i think i i I relate to him a little bit just because of that but yeah if you guys have not seen dave um it's an fx show so it's owned by disney which is super hilarious because when you watch uh one of the episodes this season it's uh when when i say this out of context you're like what show is this um dave is very free with his body on the show so he gets naked quite a bit and so he's playing around with like one of his friends in their backyard because they're like multi-millionaires and it's like in a mansion they're just i don't know they're both two rich rich people naked running around their backyard you know they're just having fun they're just the best of friends so now that i've said that out of context you're probably like oh my god what is that um that's literally just one scene over the course of like 13 episodes so far but um yeah it's a really funny show and it really kind of touches on some really hard uh, life kind of situations that really kind of touch a nerve with me. And just, um, I don't like the creative process basically. Cause he's like a, uh, he's a rapper. Um, uh, I don't know. I can relate to that too. I, I don't know. It's just a show I really enjoy kind of has that nice balance of, um, anxiety, drama, and comedy. So yeah, if you, if you want to watch uh, a comedy dramedy mix, um, I would suggest Dave. It's on Hulu. Uh, it premieres on FX, and then the next day it goes to Hulu with each episode. But, yeah, I've been watching that, uh, picking it up on Season 2. And then, uh, in my spare time, also catching up on Rick and Morty's new season. I uh, haven't seen Episode 2 yet, but Episode 1 was pretty good. Yeah, just, uh, I'm just i kind of all over the place, as you guys can see from my TV taste. But, yeah, I'm looking for like that next drama. Uh, HBO Max has been do- doing pretty well. When it comes to dramas um, and thrillers, so maybe I should look more into their catalog to see what what which new ones have uh, come up. I think that resort one comes out, or has it come out? It's the one where like all the people are trapped on the island, not trapped, but like they're on the island uh, at a resort, and like uh, things just kind of start to crumble around them in terms of their lives and everything. So, yeah, that one looks interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much it for TV. Uh, nothing really else. To talk about, like I said, I'm kind of all over the place with that. Uh, A movie that I've uh, re-watched, I haven't finished it yet, but uh, I'll finish it soon. Uh, I absolutely love this film. The Faculty, uh, if you have Paramount+, Plus, it's on there. Uh, But also, look elsewhere and just see uh, where it's at. You're probably thinking, like, how do you do that? There's a site called Just Stream It, I think. Uh, If you type in the title of the movie or TV show, it'll tell you where it's at. Whether it's available for purchase or streaming on a service, either way, the Faculty directed by Robert Rodriguez. It is a uh, just old school kind of 90s crazy uh, alien film uh, that takes place in a school. Uh, this alien race comes down, infects all the uh, teachers, and the faculty is like uh, trying to uh, control the kids and stuff and turn them into aliens. It's insane, and like I said, it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's not the craziest part. A lot of people don't know this. It's actually written by uh, Kevin Williamson, who wrote uh, Scream and wrote like Cursed and stuff. So he's definitely an interesting screenwriter when it comes to like taking the horror genre and spinning it on its head a little bit, making it something a little bit unique and um, just kind of crazy. So taking elements from different styles of horror and then um, – uh, just making a brand new, fresh story out of it, and it's just really fun uh, to watch, just like with all of his other movies that he's written. But, yes, uh, The Faculty. uh, It's got Josh Hartnett in it, Elijah Wood, Jordana Brewster, um, Fonka Jensen, Robert Patrick. It's got a great cast. Like, basically, everyone from, like, the 90s that you can think of uh, that might have been hot hot at the time, uh, like, literally in every single project, they're probably in this movie, so... Yeah, really fun one. got to finish it, but I've seen that movie a million times. So if you guys are looking for uh, a fun little horror film, uh, check out The Faculty. Okay, so uh, I believe that's it uh, in terms of catching up uh, on the week and everything. So when we come back, we're going to talk about The Tomorrow War. Amazon Prime is trying to push this as the next big summer blockbuster. Is it? Well, I guess you'll have to find out. Okay, I'll see you in a second. And welcome back to the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the first review of the episode, and it is the Tomorrow War, which hits Amazon Prime on their video service on July 2nd. You know, this is their big summer blockbuster that they're pushing. They bought uh, bought it for a lot of money, I believe, from Paramount, and so they're really hoping people tune in um, when it drops on July 2nd, and hopefully it does uh, big business for them. You know, got a lot riding on it, regardless if I like it or hate it, which I'm about to tell you, um, Amazon Prime really wants you to watch this. So if this is right up your alley, give it a watch. Uh, but let's go ahead and break this down. This one stars Chris Pratt as a family man who is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront his past. It is directed by Chris McKay, and I was like, that name sounds familiar so I looked up his IMDb page and I was like, oh, he directed the Lego Batman movie before this. That's crazy. Um, yeah, because they're the same movie, right? Um, no, I, I love the Lego Batman movie, but that is an animated form. It's a completely different medium. Now for the Tomorrow War, like he's taking on a big budget. Science fiction, aliens, time travel, a giant amount of effects they have to create. This is a humongous undertaking. So I was kind of shocked to see... Who the director was, just given his previous movie and just the completely different styles that they are. So I saw the movie, and I thought he did great directing the film. I like this thing quite a bit. Um, it screams summer blockbuster. I really wish I would have seen this in a theater. I think it would have been a blast to watch with like a crowd, um, especially like at a midnight showing. Just really getting the the movie theater community alive and. Uh, Just enjoying themselves. like This would have been a fantastic movie to do that in. But uh, yeah, I like this one quite a bit. And I think if uh, this is anything that you're interested in. Whether it be action films about aliens, time travel, science fiction, thrillers, suspenseful films, whatever. Futuristic films. I I think this is a great watch that you, um, uh, I don't think you would regret. I would recommend this one highly uh, on Amazon Prime. Like I said, July 2nd so let's kind of break this down what i really like about it the most is that this film feels epic now i I hate using that term loosely because i know a lot of critics use it like everything feels epic nowadays yes i'm sure it does but epic to me just like it it feels like this sprawling adventure that feels like it takes place over the course of many decades or years and the, the locations that they use just the the amount of world building that this this universe has like I I put all that into account, and I really do feel like this is an epically told movie. It feels like three separate movies in this trilogy uh, in one. Like, each set piece, each act feels like its own separate thing. However, it does come together beautifully. This is not one of those cases where, like, oh, they should have made it into a trilogy because it feels like everything is just crammed together in rush. No, that's not the case. Um, by the third act, I was like, "Oh my goodness, we still have thirty minutes left!" And like, I, like we've seen so much, like what else could they give us? And and then it's like a whole great third act on top of that. So, yeah, I thought this film was quite epic and just its scope and its presentation, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that because I, I had I had a lot of investment and fun following these characters and this storyline and just trying to understand their rules in time travel and just all that stuff i just i loved it i i love that type of um uh, you know feeling that you get when you watch a movie and you're like i i'm so invested into the the story and the characters that i just i don't want it to end i'm just i'm having a blast watching it so it does feel epic second thing i also noticed that it brings it heavily from other movies as inspiration. But it does stand on its own two feet as uh, its own separate thing. And it's even got you know, stuff that I'm going to remember it for. Uh, and not be like, oh, that's just a ripoff of this. But I did notice that it has influences of like Starship Troopers and Edge of Tomorrow, Alien. Even like hints of the Thing running around in there. So a lot of great influences kind of just coming together uh, to create its own separate thing. And I really appreciate that as well. The one thing I am going to remember it for Is the design of the aliens terrifying. Yes, their bodies look a little goofy and a little lanky. But their faces are like something out of a Silent Hill nightmare. And I really appreciate that because it really adds like this sense of dread and threat to what they're trying to face. And it does seem like it's never ending and like they're just going to always get beat down to the ground. And it's going to be really hard to stand up against them. But that's what makes the hero's journey in this film so much more satisfying just for the amount of pushback that they got to do against these aliens so i will remember the aliens for sure and just their design very very terrifying but yes i I think uh, chris Chris mckay did a very good job and just telling the story making sure the rules are set out clearly because that's the thing with science fiction films and especially time travel films every film has got their set of rules And usually the rules can be jumbled up or they just don't make a lot of sense. And so when the plot kind of moves forward, maybe some of the rules are forgotten. And they're just like, oops, that doesn't make any sense, even though we explained that earlier. With this film, they lay out the rules very clearly. And I thought it was interesting on how they uh, viewed everything with the time travel in terms of like, I won't spoil anything, but like, let me just try to word it as best as I can. Like dealing with their, everyone's ages, I thought that was a really kind of clever way to go about everything that they were talking about because of, like, the paradoxes and everything. You don't want to screw up timelines. So given the certain point in time that they're all going after, whether it be the past or the future, it was a really clever um, way to incorporate their age and everything. So, uh, yeah, I thought the rules were set clearly. That was no problem. The action set pieces uh, were really just awesome it was like watching like uh like a really cool like video game cutscene, and uh, i'm like i want to play this game uh once again i don't think that's a criticism um i I just thought it was just really action-packed really well kind of staged and just really kind of kept you at the edge of your seat because you're like what is going to happen next who's going to go next in terms of deaths like you know i i I don't want anyone to die like this is a very dire situation but uh there are a couple things uh, I, I, I will ding this movie on, and I think this does fall on Chris McKay just a little bit. I do think the sound mixing on um, the music compared to like the dialogue and the effects was a bit off sometimes. I thought the music was a little bit too loud uh, for comfort, and kind of drowns out a little bit of the dialogue in some of the scenes, and it just it, it kind of just pounds away at the screen, and sometimes it does take away from the effect of what you're seeing on screen. It's just a minor thing. Uh, second it does get a little goofy towards the end of the third act with some of the uh, the fighting that's all I'll say uh, definitely dips into like fast and furious territory you know it, this film can be goofy at points but um, uh, I, I don't want it to ever steer into that category and the third thing that kind of bothered me was the choice to add uh, voiceovers now, I don't mind if uh, a film is being narrated by its main or its, you know, its main character, protagonist, whatever. It's got to make sense, you know. It, it uh, you know, if the story starts that way, please end that way. Just consistency as well. The movie ends that way. It never started that way. Never really had any like middle section with VO. It just kind of ends that way, and it's kind of awkward. Doesn't really flow well. And I, I do think this film for the most part sticks its landing, but that is like one little hiccup that it just happened out of nowhere. And I'm like, that was never, that never happened in, uh, in the earlier stages of the film. So those would be kind of my only complaints. Uh, and I think most of them fall on uh, Chris McKay and just kind of those decisions. Uh, but for the most part, I really, I really like the film that he crafted. It's fantastic. Um, to get into some of the uh, performances, everyone did a fantastic job. Uh, Chris Pratt leads the film. He's always been a leading man, you know. He's got that that star power, that presence. Uh, you just you can't take your eyes off him because you you he's just so charismatic and he just he carries the the screen well. But I really do think the supporting cast is what makes this movie. Uh, Yvonne uh, Stra- Strahovski. I I I always uh, uh not stutter, but I always pause my uh, see her last name because I, I try to like get it and my brain doesn't connect. But, um, I first saw her in Dexter like way back in the day, and that's how I first noticed her. She's wonderful here. She's probably my favorite part about the movie. Uh, I'm not going to spoil her character, but it's a really important character. And, uh, I I thought that performance made, you know, the entire movie when it comes to like the order of performances. Uh, Betty Gilpin's in it, plays Chris Pratt's wife. She's always great. If you guys have never seen Glow on Netflix, it's canceled now. Dumb. But, um, she's my favorite character on that show and she's a fantastic actress and so uh you know she's not giving a lot here but she does the most with it same with jk simmons not a lot going on we understand why he's there and like how to correlate you know like chris pratt and like his family life and everything i get that but you know it's jk simmons he does what he can um sam richardson uh who i have seen in many movies kind of pop up as a supporting character He does that here too but he has a little bit of more of a role uh to really kind of show people that he's a great comedic talent um and uh he can he can pull off you know action scenes and he can pull off the drama really well so it's kind of like a a, a nice testing movie for people that have never even heard of him to see him for the first time and realize that this man is super talented and uh as a side note i'm excited for that other movie that's coming out uh very soon with him um werewolves with him and then yeah everyone uh you know, has little little to no screen time uh, at that point. Um, there's a couple that stand out, but for the most part, that is your main cast, and I think everyone uh, delivers it really well, but uh, Yvonne, my favorite for sure. Uh, the effects in the movie are actually pretty well done. I thought they were going to be a little janky. Maybe the green screen was going to be really terrible, or maybe the uh, you know, actual animation and the mechanics of the alien were not going to really mesh well with the live-action scenes. That's not the case either. I thought they were, like I said, they were terrifying, really well designed, and um, I thought they fit into the scene well every single time, and, you know, the the lighting plays well with them, you know, when they're in the shadows, they're even creepier. So, yeah, I, I thought the, the CGI of, like, the aliens and, like, just the action sequences, I... You know just everything about it like i really felt they were in the year what was it 2051 really well done so I, I was actually really impressed there was a couple times where it looked a little off once again towards the third act it seems like towards the end of the movie it's where everything starts to derail just a little bit but look with the credits start rolling um so a couple spots where the animation looks a little uh, but uh, for the most part really well done I don't know what else more to say. Um, if this is your type of movie, I'd say go for it. Uh, I, I really had fun with it. I wouldn't mind watching it again. Uh, you know, I got an Amazon Prime account, so I think I might do that. So let me know down below what you thought of the Tomorrow War. Uh, whether you liked it, you hated it, loved it, just whatever. Let me know down below. I would like to know your thoughts. When we come back, I will talk about Black Widow, Marvel's latest outing, uh, which, like I said, seems like five years ago, but it was two years ago since their last movie came out. So, how will Black Widow be? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. And welcome back to the show. And the second review that we'll be going over is Black Widow. Now, you know, Black Widow was introduced in the MCU in 2010, so it's been over 10 years. And, of course, uh, if you have seen Infinity War at this point, you know that her uh, character does meet its uh, really terrible end. But she goes out, uh, you know, just being really true to herself and her character. So it's a great way to end her just incredible run as his character, but it's also nice to see that we we can get a standalone film, go back in time just one more time and hang out with Natasha Romanoff and her family, so let's get into it. The plot on IMDb reads as follows. A film about Natasha Romanoff and her quest between the films uh, Civil War and Infinity War. How riveting, (laughs) but uh, yes, uh, so that is not a spoiler. This film picks up right after the events of civil war and the sokovia accords she's running away from the government at this point she wants nothing to do with it uh most of her friends have already been captured so she wants to be the one that doesn't get captured and she she is on uh the lamb uh is, it, is that what the the phrase is i don't know uh it, I, i'm tired <laughs> so but yes uh, as she is running away she runs into her sister played by florence Pugh, uh florence pew her name is uh Yilinia. And so that kind of drudges up a bunch of family drama, whether it be between her and her sister or her and her parents, uh, played by David Harbour and Rachel Weisz. Uh, and so we see a lot of uh, flashbacks to their youth and how they grew up as a family and how they got roped into the assassin program where they just came became soulless weapons and just stripped of all human dignity. Uh, and on top of all that, as she's running away from the government, uh, Taskmaster is the villain that's kind of propped up to go against her in this film, and Taskmaster can mimic moves, and that makes it super scary because it's basically like fighting a mirror, uh, as they described it in the movie. So that is the plot on IMDb, and that is what I'm going off on the trailers as well, and that's all I'm giving you. So that way you can uh, enjoy it for the very first time like I did. Okay, so Black Widow has been in the MCU for 10 years now. And I was always curious to know how her own movie would go because they've been talking about it for like the longest time and we know what happens to her in Infinity War. It was a nice send-off for that character. You know, Scarlett Johansson has been playing this thing for a very long time to where she she knows this character. It's really just nice to see her in every single movie that she pops up in. I've always enjoyed her performance and her character as Black Widow. Now we're kind of going back in time and we're seeing a prequel. Um, but... We got the movie, so either way, I'm happy. So how is it? I like it. I am having a hard time wanting to re-watch it. Um, I I will re-watch it down the road for sure whenever, you know, I start having kids and I introduce them to the, the 50,000 entries. <laughs> Into this uh, this universe and watching them in order and everything. I'm going to watch this again eventually just so um, wh- whoever I start this journey with, we can add this in there because this is a part of um, this universe. It's canon. That's fantastic. But in terms of by myself, I'm having a hard time wanting to rewatch it. I like this movie as a great bonus for MCU fans and the Black Widow character. But... Let's call it what it is. This is a setup film to uh, let Florence Pugh's uh, Yelena take over Black Widow's legacy, and you know, be in her shadow. Like that's who she is. That's what we're going for in this universe now. So it was basically a a very nice setup film for her journey that she's going to start doing going forward. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. So it's not really a film that's, like, super amazing. It's not a film that's just, like, okay. It's just, like, it was it was everything I expected, especially when the plot started laying out in the very beginning, which was, first of all, super dark uh, when you're dealing with, like, the enslavement of children. <laughs> uh, what a very bold way to open up your movie. But, um, you know, just knowing who the actual villain is and where Black Widow was going and who she was taking down at the end of all this... It was expected. There was really no, like, bold surprises uh, that, you know, the MCU sometimes dishes out. This was just a very good little action entry uh, in this universe. Uh, Interesting thing, the screenplay is written by Eric Pearson, who wrote Thor Ragnarok, which they kind of have some similarities. Thor Ragnarok is obviously uh, bent more on the comedic element uh, as well. But what I like about Ragnarok, and I can kind of see glimpses of here, is that interesting blend of just like high octane action action, and some really nice dramatic moments where we get to see a little bit more vulnerability with these characters. Um, And so I kind of saw that here. So definitely some similarities, especially with like Natasha and Yelena when they're having those conversations on, you know, what their upbringing was like and like, you know, What's been implanted in their head, and like what's real? like that's that's sad stuff. I mean, like I said at the very beginning, like they're sold off like they they go into the assassin program. it's it's really sad stuff. So, um, I like that blend of um you know these really cool, just fun action sequences, and in between we get some really interesting family drama just to make these characters a little bit more dynamic. so, and I think that's what Director Kate shortland does too, um really understands the use of space and setting and really makes these action sequences just a blast to watch. Um, You know, it, th- this film also has a a great sense of grand scope and just this epicness because it's, it's going across many different countries so it just makes it feel like you're on this great espionage like adventure and I, I really uh, uh dig that. I also like the kind of visual aesthetic that Shortland has and making the the colors really just kind of uh, a little bit more saturated than usual, so it kind of adds this this grit and this weight to the action uh, as is uh, being unfolded. It's really just fun to watch. Like I said, you know, when she's facing Taskmaster on the ground or in the sky, um, you know, the opening scene, um, you know, the the middle scene where she's has uh, got the white suit on and it's like uh, in this kind of snowy terrain. Uh, There's definitely like some avalanches coming on so it's really intense stuff and uh, like I said, I was kind of impressed because when you're dealing with um, You know a character as small as Natasha because she's not a god She doesn't have all these like grand powers like most of the Avengers have You know you need to make sure that you crank it up to an 11 in the action sequences in the dramatic moments that way her character just punches even more pun intended and it just uh, adds more of an impact to the the universe. So I thought in terms of just direction-wise, whether it be the action sequences and making them exciting and exhilarating and just the quieter moments where we get to see a lot of the family dynamic, I think she really understands that great balance as as well as Pearson does with character and uh, set pieces. So uh, Kate Shorlin did a fantastic job with that. Speaking of... Of the characters, the performances are great. I, I I really like the addition of Florence Pugh, David Harbour, and Rachel Weiss. Really, really great to watch. And you know, as the the father, mother, and daughters uh dynamic that they have with all four of them, I thought it was really nice. It was sweet. And you know, there's a lot going on with all four of them. That's all I'm gonna say. To where it it, it really is kind of sad to watch because you know that you know the the theme of like the assassin program is that you you have lost control of your body and all of your dignity and just humility is just stripped right and so all four of these people are dealing with the same exact thing and they're they're fighting tooth and nail to get some control of their life back and i think some people can you know relate to that you know maybe sometimes life uh, feels like it's controlling you, and you you've lost control of it, and you know you got you got to wrangle that thing back, get back in there, and so you know that that was really nice to watch. But yeah, I, I thought everyone's performances were really well uh, balanced. I love just the intensity that everyone brought because it's a very physical performance, it's a very emotional performance as well from all four of them, and uh, I am excited to see where Florence Pugh goes uh, in the universe. So. I'm okay with that, and I think this is a great kind of send-off um, for Scarlett Johansson. I think she's done a fantastic job over the past decade as this character, and I think it is definitely time to just pass the baton off, and uh, I, I think uh, Florence Pugh is an excellent choice for all of this. So I want more of her. Please uh, please, and thank you. I don't care if she's in series or movies. Um, she she definitely has my vote. Just, just seeing how she acts um, with the comedy, the action, just the, the power of her performance. She's going to carry this thing, uh, for, for the next, uh, several years, I can tell you that. Really love the cinematography, kind of adds the, the element of just, uh, uh excitement to the action sequences and stuff. And like I said, I really like the kind of play with the saturation of colors. So, uh, that, that's, that's good with me. The, the actual structure of the film is, you know, it's two out a little over two hours, uh, minus the credits, it's actually a pretty well-paced movie, uh, like I said, it, it moves pretty swiftly from set piece, uh, quieter moments, set piece, and just kind of, like, flops back and forth, and I was engaged throughout the entire thing, because I, I was curious to know, um, you know, just more about her family, because that's, that's why you go see this movie, is to see more about her and, uh, her past, so, yeah, I thought it was a pretty well-paced movie, just for, you know what it is because it, it could have gotten boring very quickly but I, I think uh you know if you were interested in this world and um these characters I think uh this would do just fine for you and then the music I really like the score to this thing uh really just kind of that uh that techno techno like action score that we heard in the trailer I think that's applied here as well and even the credits were, were just really Uh, intense to listen to so yeah it's definitely got its own identity but that's the whole point of scores uh is is to not only have some uh really amazing sound underneath uh whatever situation that your scene is in but also just uh having like i said your own specific identity um to whatever genre it is and all that stuff so yeah um yeah i i I like it. it it's uh like i said it if you are invested in this point in the MCU, definitely give it a watch. Is it something that's required? I don't think so. Um, the end credit scene to this film, nothing really surprising about it. its It was expected because of all the stories that you heard about like this film and like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series and how those two kind of correlate and just why the end scene to Black Widow is what it is because it was supposed to be at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier so like I said it's not surprising um but I will be curious to know if like I said if Lawrence Pugh pops up in other movies and maybe other shows so yeah an expected uh in credit scene there's only one I only saw one um but yeah you know it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I I like it. Uh, let me know down below what you think of Black Widow. Uh, I, I know just kind of looking at some of the other critics online, this thing is getting mixed reviews all over the place. A lot of people don't really care for it. Kind of the same criticisms I just said with like, it just seems like a, a setup movie for, you know, Florence Pugh's character and that's it. Um, you know, I've seen some people like it a lot. You know, they, they like the fact that it's just a, A very like stripped down kind of bare bones action film Uh, but you know there's nothing wrong with that uh it's well executed in that regard so i I don't know am i crazy am i giving it too much praise Uh, like i said i don't love it but um i respect it and i like it so let me know down below what you think of black widow whether you hate it loved it liked it tell me i'm wrong do what you gotta do down below i know this is the internet so yeah what are you gonna do as far as spoilers go, there's really not that much to talk about. Black Widow is pretty straightforward, and the surprises, quote-unquote, aren't really anything that's going to, I don't think, really stick with the, the future MCU narrative, so there's not really much to bring up. The only thing I wanted to talk about was the end credit scene, and there's only one, and it's very short and also predictable because it was supposed to be at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but since that got... Uh, uh, pushed up and this that came out first. They took that scene out and put it at the end of this movie just because the in credit scene contains uh, Yelena, uh, played by Florence Florence Pugh, and then uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus' character Valentina. So that's why they did that. But she's going to the gravesite of Natasha. It's in current time, so she's she's there. Um, she's crying. She misses her sister, and then Valentina shows up. Uh, you know, talking as if they have already known each other. So, at this point, her and Yelena have already worked together. Um, and she's like, well, we should probably get the person responsible, you know, for Natasha's death. And she hands her a picture, and the camera cuts to the picture. It is of Hawkeye, and then it just cuts to black. So, the adventure that she's going to go on is to hunt down Hawkeye because she's got it in her head now from Valentina that, oh, he killed her, he needs to pay for what he did, when in reality she sacrificed herself and he tried his best, um, you know, uh, uh, when she died in Infinity War. So, yeah, that was basically it. Um, Once again, predictable, not really anything groundbreaking in terms of moving the narrative along, um, but it is a nice little tease to kind of get your appetite going. So um, you have... uh, you know, maybe her coming up in the Hawkeye show or in the, in Captain America four, like there's so many opportunities and I'm excited to see where Florence Pugh goes, but that is the non-spoiler and spoiler kind of talk, uh, Black Widow, and that will do it for the, for the reviews guys. I'm gonna go ahead and just end the show right now, uh, for episode 326. Um, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you, uh, have anything to talk about, uh, wh- whether it's anything I discussed at the beginning or the Tomorrow War or Black Widow, please comment down below. Tweet at me. Tweet at Joel. Just let us know uh, your thoughts on today's episode. But that will do it for episode 326. I am Chase Lee. Uh, and I, I there's no episode next week. Maybe not in two weeks, but maybe some mini-reviews, and then I might have a main episode towards the end of the month or the middle of the month. Uh, so we'll, we'll just see... Um, what's going on and when I can figure out how to nail down the schedule for the future uh, releases. So, yes, please spread this around. Let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to. And I will see you guys for the next one. You guys are awesome. Bye bye